This episode is brought to you by Push Messaging God's Urban Airship. They can be found at urbanairship.com and by ThinkNear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc. Now, on to the show. and welcome to untether.tv. I'm your host and founder, Rob Woodbridge. You know, I always say founder, your founder, but I'm the founder of untether.tv, not your founder. Anyway, I just wanted to make sure you understood that. I'm not your founder. I'm not your father. This is the place where we actually go into deep dive, deep conversations with some of the greatest minds in the mobile, pervasive, internet of things, wearables, space. We have a real treat today, as I always do. You know, everybody I interview is is a treat. And uh, this time it's great because the last time I spoke with this guest was December of 2010. He was obviously in a different world, in a different company at that point, And we're going to be talking about that. My guest is Adarsh Pallian, who is now the co-founder of a company called... Trippio. Trippio. Trippio Technologies. Trippio Technologies. Uh, this is, this is a, 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 a going to be a wide-ranging conversation because it's been over four years since we've had a conversation, which is ridiculous to begin with. But you, at the time, were a part of a company called Geotoco. You were a co-founder of a company called Geotoco. And the sequence went like this. Geotoco, we spoke about it in December of 2010. You yeah. sold it in 2011 to Hootsuite. You're embedded in Hootsuite for a couple of years. Then you pop out and you form a Tripio, and this is what we're here to talk about is Tripio. So I wanna, I wanna have that conversation because I always have the start. We always get excited about the ideas. And then when people go off and get uh, acquired, the conversation stops. And so now we get to pick it up. So when we last met, Adarsh, well, first of all, welcome. Thank you for doing this again. I appreciate Thank your time. You. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Rob. So you were in Vancouver, which is also another big badge of honor because you're a Canadian entrepreneur, second time out uh, with one acquisition under your belt. Uh, but when we last had this conversation, you were sitting in Vancouver, Geotoco, uh, without an acquire, being acquired. You were still an independent company. What happened? You guys, very quickly, were acquired by Hootsuite. Yeah, we uh, that was in December 2010. Uh, I think we had just we had just launched that summer in 2010 as well. I think 20 May of 2010 was when we were tech disrupt. Yep. Uh, so it's a very short year. Uh, we got a lot of press, we got a lot, a lot of signups. Um, we kept going in August of 2011. Out of the blue, uh, I had a, a G chat with Ryan Ryan Holmes. He just pinged me. This is this is not joking. This is this was a G chat conversation. He reached still, out to you. He just said, "Hey." Yeah, he just said, "Hey, well, are we?" I've always kept in, kept in touch with Ryan. We've just you know, we, we, being the Vancouver community, we always know, know each other. Uh, he just reached out and out of the blue and said, "Hey, uh, how are things with Tier I'm like, "Good." You know, we got customers. We're, we're, we're moving along. Uh, he said, "Well, are you interested in selling it right off the bat?" Like oh, the chat. Yeah, it was just you know, are you interested? It wasn't the word selling. Are you, are you interested in joining forces? Kind of idea. So I'm like, "All right, uh, what do you have in mind?" And so you know, we met for coffee. Um, we met, uh, it, it moved really fast. It was just at the end of August, I believe, and by the middle of September, we had a deal on the table. So uh, <laughs> the good thing about selling the Hootsuite back then was that 
it was just me and Ryan. It wasn't the many VPs that have since come through and would technically delay everything. It was a, it was a, it was a handshake deal. Um, it, it made sense. Uh, I, I mean, I look back and I think it was a, it was a good deal. It was really early to sell a company, but um, there was a few factors that that went into it. Uh, the offer Ryan made was very incredible. You know, I got to I got to see it. I got to sit and watch Hootsuite grow from I think it was employee number thirty when they acquired us. When I left, there were 500 employees. So you can imagine, yeah, you can imagine how much you learn scaling from 30 to 500. And they brought in a hundred million dollars in investment, right? And that time period too. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's 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 like you know, I always think of it like going and getting an MBA degree, uh, you know, real time without uh, and still getting paid for it, right? And so it was it was you know, it, a lot of factors played into it. Um, but it was a good deal, I think, and I'm happy. And I'm happy I did it. Um, GeoToco as a company didn't go much after that. They, they, re they did sell it for for a while. They sold the services. Um, after that, they integrated some of the technologies into Hootsuite Analytics, and then I believe the site's still up. But yeah. I don't I don't think they're actively selling it anymore. Um, they've just moved on to Hootsuite. Everything all inside Hootsuite. Uh, but yeah, it was um, you know it was it was one of those deals that came through really soon, really quickly, and uh, and I saw an opportunity, Ryan saw an opportunity, and uh, shook hands on it, and, uh, and made there the we deal. Are. Made you, the deal. When you when you're thinking about this, is that you know uh, I often hear about entrepreneurs who are so close and so tied to their business and the idea and the potential of their idea that mm -hmm. they they look at offers and dismiss them right away. I mean, mm -hmm. What was it in your mind at that point? I mean, because you were literally just over a year old and, and probably on a ramp. What was it that you said that what was your thinking around the time that said made you say yes to the acquisition? I think it was the it was it was what Ryan said about the fact that I mean I saw Hootsuite grow and I saw that potential, but Hootsuite was also like ramping up as well. And he he the positioning of Joining forces and the ability to kind of you know make Geotoko even better, um, and and he also wanted us in his team. I mean, his team was growing. He wanted our team in there. So it's a lot of a lot of factors that kind of went into it. Uh, Vancouver being such a small city with tech talent, I think it, it helped as well. So, um, you know, it, it, it also from a technology point of view, Geotoko was you know we did geo analytics and geo and geo sweepstakes. Um, I think we had reached a point where we've seen, we saw, you know, Foursquare at just at that point launched Foursquare Analytics. Uh, Facebook Places also kind of got into the analytics space, so it was getting tighter and tighter as well in that analytics space. Uh, the sweepstakes place is still open. I mean, Hootsuite just acquired another sweepstake company, so the sweepstakes space is still very much a wide open field there. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it just, I mean. What he said and what you know, it all kind of made sense. I think at that point, uh, point um, financially and you know, for uh, for my own personal and uh, for my team's personal uh, welfare. So we just said, okay, let's do it and join forces. See, I, I applaud you for it because I always make fun of guys who say no, um, because you know, you you can't be so attached to your business that you can't yeah. see a good offer and say, listen, the potential yeah, is exactly. great. Yeah, I mean, if it was a terrible offer, I wouldn't have taken it. I mean, they, they, I mean <laughs> you have to have the offer. Is, is, it was a, it's a lot of things that go into the timing, the you know what the offer was. You know, if Hootsuite came today and offer, yeah, no, I may not have taken it. I mean, so the timing is fast, right? Yeah. Company's too big. Uh, you know, it's it's not a startup anymore. It's a big company. Um, what I saw opportunity was also to see how they were ramping up. They had also at that point just brought on the chief revenue officer, Steve Johnson, and the VP of sales, Darren, who's also invested in Tripio. So, lots of Lots of factors went into it, um, and and so yeah, it just made sense at that stage. 
So what was it? Uh, I mean, you were in there. So you were a startup, a small startup brought into a small startup. And then you watched this company, Hootsuite, ramp, which is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you kept the dollars in, in Canada, which is amazing because Hootsuite's a Canadian company as well. And, and uh, but what was it that, that made you decide to leave? Was it just your entrepreneurial? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it just reached a point where it's just too big. Honestly, uh, anybody who anybody who's who's left Hootsuite in the last two years will know the same thing. It became too big. Uh, a lot of middle management came in the space, and it's expected. I mean, you need that because the team was too big, and uh, it just kind of made. I, I, Personally, I just I just had a baby at that same time. You know, I, I said that's it. I uh, the day my baby was uh, I mean almost it was a week before my baby was born. I said I'm just going to take a few months off, enjoy my time with my lovely wife, uh, enjoy the baby. Um, everybody who I worked with Hootsuite also kind of encouraged. They at some point had done it on their own. Said this is the best time you'll ever have. So it it all kind of made sense at that point. So yeah. So you know after that I left Hootsuite. I essentially sat home and. Later, the baby for the first three six months, right? I love it. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I knew I'll never get that opportunity again, and and wanted to do it, and so I just did. I took a, essentially a parental leave, as you could say, and just never went back to Hootsuite. So I, that's amazing. And so during that period of time, obviously, when you're incubating this child, right? Basically, yeah, is what you're doing. Much. Yeah, imprinting on the child, and I did the same thing, and I think it's it's the greatest thing that you can do. Yeah. Um, if you're lucky enough to do it, I, I highly encourage anyone to do it. You know, absolutely. I mean, not, it's not, a, not, it's, not everybody has the opportunity to do it, but if you can, you should. Right? Yes. It's the best time of, the time of, the, of your life, I think. Exactly. And it's yeah. the best time for a kid's life because you know what, yeah. really, Adarsh? Um, they don't do much. They don't talk back. They don't speak. No. They, they yeah. don't get angry with you. They don't throw tantrums. Yeah. Uh, it's the best time in a baby's life, yeah. too, because yeah, exactly. I, have, I have eight-year-old twins now, right? And, and oh, wow. yeah. what, what they do now is they, they, they often talk back. And, and yeah. I'm I'm actually afraid that they're smarter than me already. <laughs> Yikes. So uh, during that period of time when you're sitting at home, you're done at Hootsuite, you've taken the leave, and and uh, and, and I mean, where did the idea for, for Tripio come? How did, so, how did that emerge? How did Adarsh come up with the idea? Did he fall and hit his head? Did he have a vision? Oh man, the suspense. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Thinknear. Here's Kate Walling, Senior Marketing Manager at Thinknear, to remind us what they do. Thinknear is helping brands reach all of us on our mobile devices so that we don't have to think and so that we have this helpful experience, find the solution that we need and just basically make our life easier. Part of making a great product is building a great team. And to do that, you need to create a great work environment. So what is it like to work at Thinknear? It's a lot of fun. We're very, very scrappy. We're a team first and we're a business second. It's fun from a technology perspective because we're using the latest technologies and good practices uh, for building software. Our team lives and breathes location. We actually literally dream about it too. So that's a joke, is the joke and the obvious is we, we all have these crazy dreams at night about location. We play Halo together, we play basketball together, we play ping pong together, we do meals together. There's a basketball court in the parking lot that gets a lot of use, there's the ping pong table, and it's just a very social, collaborative group. We also, we're a team that care, we care a lot about each other, and I think whenever you're in a, an environment where you're, you're working hard and working at the edge of things, that always helps. For our engineers specifically, don't let anyone schedule meetings with them in the afternoons. And for anyone who's an engineer and has constant meetings all day, they can appreciate that our engineers has six hours every day with no meetings scheduled. And they love that. Think Near, where engineers can't wait until noon. Now, back to Adarsh Palian of Tripio. 
where did the idea for for Tripio come? How, so, how did that emerge? Yeah, well, this is an idea. I've, I've actually had this idea for a while, even while I was at Hootsuite. Um, it evolved from the need for better business travel. So, um, you know, there's a lot of travel startups out there. Uh, in a selfish way, I wanted to keep traveling again. I was traveling up until Geotoko, you know, so I wanted to bring that lifestyle back. And there were Hipmunk and Kayak and the big guys. And, and you know, I didn't really see a new way of doing business travel. It was always the traditional way of doing travel. And so I started looking at the space and it kind of evolved from there, I guess. Um, I, you know, I played with it a little bit, made some basic prototypes. And, and the time I took off while I was with the baby, this is pretty much what I did. I, I just kind of explored the space, saw an opportunity that was dominated by Concur. Concur, you know, even to this day, dominates this space, business travel and business expense space. Um, I don't know if you know, they just got acquired last last uh, August or September for eight billion dollars. Uh, so it, it's it's an it's a it's an industry that's been, you know, pretty much dominated and by concur since 1994, yeah. uh, with no newcomers in the space. So uh, so yeah, I just kind of explored that a bit and and kept kept pounding at it till till I decided one day, you know what, let's just do something about it. So why why I mean this is obviously um, a, a a huge industry. Um, why do you think that there was a, an empty space after Concur? Like what was it that you saw that that really cemented this as a business? Idea? Yeah. So what I started doing research, and you, when you start talking to enough people, you get the idea. Concur. If you ever use Concur or anyone's used Concur, will know it's a very complicated software. It's yeah. it's not an easy expense management software. It's a pretty complicated software that evolved. Over the last 20 years, right, um, from 1994 till, till till now, so it's got that old school software mentality that kind of evolved and adapted to the cloud, and now it's where it is. Um, and anyone who uses it knows it's pretty complicated to use. I uh, started realizing that it is intentionally complicated because <laughs> because accountants and CFOs uh, they like complicated software because that means the employees are not going to re get get reimbursed. They don't put the extra trouble to get reimbursed and it saves the company money. This is a well-known fact among older CFOs apparently. They just like old complex systems so that nobody would get reimbursed and make it as hard as possible. And I'm like, that's not right. That can't, that can't, <laughs> 20 years from now, that can't be right. I mean, this is not the next generation of accountants coming into the workspace. This is the previous generation, right? And so um, I started looking and started realizing that there's something here that, that that's a miss. There's something we can do about it. Um, Hootsuite is another example. Um, almost, I, I would say, I mean, it's hard to say, but I think 80% of Hootsuite is under 30. It's a very young company, right? Uh, they, they, I've seen them use spreadsheets. I've seen them use other softwares like Concur. They're very complicated software. I know people who have six months of receipts hanging out, sales guys who've got six months of receipts. They just don't want to bother because it's not worth the time. And so, and if that's a trend, the new companies coming with that younger workforce coming, we cannot concur. I don't think it's the right solution for it. And so, so yeah. So started kind of seeing how we can make it better, and and kind of you know that's kind of the basics of where I started. So you guys, um, you basically, when did you really start diving into this? Uh, aside from the time that you spent with your with your newborn, when, when did you dive into this full time? I mean, unofficially, I was at that all that the whole. It was about eight months of my newborn. I kind of played with it, but then uh, and then I met my co-founder Patrick. Patrick and I, we've known a long time. We've we go back a long time. He used to work for a really big, large bank here um, as a lead developer there. And so Patrick and I, we started doing a little bit more, dealt a little bit more, and um, so. We incorporated the company uh, in in 
December 2014, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, December 2013, um, and started work on it in around January of 2014. So it's only a year now uh, that we've launched. So January 2014 is when we started getting the basics of it. Uh, we raised a small round of financing in March of 2014, and, and, and here we are now. Was it hard to was it hard to raise like so you've got some pretty significant I mean Vayner Vayner you know Gary Vaynerchuk's in there like yeah how, how did how did you go about raising money for this so obviously there's a market it was it was pretty easy surprisingly it's pretty uh, easy don't say that on this <laughs> it's pretty easy. it was no problem I just put my hand up so what you're telling me is that uh, you get a a, a G Talk chat uh, to get acquired and then it's pretty easy to raise money you've just you've just pissed off a whole bunch of yeah, entrepreneurs out there too much but the, the, I mean the first round we raised in March. Um, was fairly, fairly fairly easy. I essentially emailed a good friend of mine called Ryan 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 Market. He uh, he's uh, he works at Reddit now. I said, Ryan, I'm coming to San Francisco. Uh, can you can you make some introductions to angels? Ryan said, you know what? I like everything you're doing. I'll put in money. And then the day I met him, I literally landed in San Francisco on a Thursday, I think at 2 p.m. At 4 p.m. I had a meeting with Ryan, and he introduced me to the same meeting with a company called Base VC. Uh, base we see uh, Eric Moore, great guys, and they both at that end of the meeting said, "Yeah, we're in." You know, they committed at that at that meeting. I'm like, "Well, this is easier than I thought." <laughs> and then, and then another email later, um, Vayner RSE came on board. Vayner RSE is Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary and AJ. I deal with AJ primarily, but mm -hmm. yeah, AJ is a fantastic guy. Um, so AJ uh, Vaynerchuk, uh, Phil Toronto, these are these are all Vayner RSE guys. They came on board. And and the and the round was closed. So by Friday, pretty much, I had the commitments I needed. It was a very small round. I intentionally, you know, raised a small round at that point uh, because we had no product. So it was pre-product. Um, so everything kind of changes in that the dynamics change a bit uh, from valuation and point of view. So kept it very small just to kind of you know do a convertible note. Uh, so yeah, I flew back that weekend and, and then that was it. And so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just printing cash. Why? Why? Why raise though? Why? Uh, why go through the process of, of uh, doing a small angel round? Uh, so it was, you know, I I thought uh, seeing I, I wanted I wanted to do it so I had I had someone to accountable to. Uh, Geotoko we had not raised. Geotoko was just my money from the past. Uh, and, and when you have when you have uh, when you have someone to be accountable to, I think you're motivated a little bit more, um, mm -hmm. especially in companies like this. And also the connections. I mean, it's incredible, incredible networking effect. Um, and you know, I, I just I just wanted to do it so that I can call AJ anytime and say, Hey, AJ, you know, I'm reaching, I'm racing, I'm not just much larger around. Who can you help with, right? And right. so. It's much harder bootstrapping, and it's much slower bootstrapping as well. Um, same, I mean, same, same as what you've seen with, with Hootsuite. I mean, you know, Hootsuite follows pretty much the same model. Um, and so I saw that opportunity and raised some money. And it's yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. The network piece of it is often the thing that people forget. It's you know, yeah. perhaps the money is insignificant, but when you tap into those guys, right, and their networks, right, and, exactly. and especially when you when you uh, are going out for a larger round, and and to accelerate what you're doing with software, you you know, people forget is that you know we're no longer in that golden age of mobile apps where you can put it up and then and you create a success. It costs a yeah. lot of money to get this out the door. A lot of time, a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So is that what you're going to do? You're on that path now to raise? Is that I'm on the path to raise right now, exactly. Yeah. So I'm in the second round. I mean, we have kind of come to the end of the first round. Now we you know, kept our team very lean. Uh, we, we got to where we are right now. We launched, and now we are doing another round uh, at a much, you know, now that we have the product out there, we have some numbers to show. It's, it's a different dynamics right now, but yeah. 
is that that's a sequence, right? So it's often it's often uh, repeated is that um, either bootstrap or a small angel round while you're building the product, and mm-hmm. then when the product is out and you've got enough traction to demonstrate, mm-hmm. or you've got something that demonstrates traction, mm-hmm. demand, we'll say, mm-hmm. then your valuation, you guys can control a little bit more of the company and your, your valuation goes up. Uh, yeah. But I got a question. If you had raised, I, I, did you disclose how much you raised in, in March? Uh, I, yes, so, well, not, not, not officially. I can disclose it for, with you if you sure. like. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's just uh-huh. me and a couple of people that listen. To <laughs> yeah, show. exactly. So in March, we raised 250000 Okay, so if you had raised $2.5 in March, would it have accelerated your development time and would you have gotten product out sooner? Uh, it Maybe. Actually, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we could have got the product out much sooner. We actually did get the product out last July. There was an app out there. But uh, it's, it's one of those things, I mean, without getting the people in the door and playing with it and getting feedback. So the last year, it was not just building. It was like a lot of small launches that you, we just never made it public. You yeah. wouldn't have a press about it. But you may have, if you follow us on Twitter or you followed us in my email list, you would have said, okay, we launched this, play with it. Oh, okay, this doesn't work. Let's fix it. So we went through that process four times in the last year. Um, you know, started for, so we lost, started working in March. By June, we actually had the first product out the door, and then in August we had another product. In October we had another product, and then now we finally have you know what I, so I would say a much more stable, solid, fully fleshed out product. Right. So what makes this what makes this the product? I mean, how do you know when you have a product? This is not the product. This is just the beginning of the product. Okay. I don't, you know, this is not the end all. We're still working. There's still lots of stuff to be done. This is version one of the product, right? Uh, and it's it, and it's and it's there because, you know, now we can get people in the door. They can play with the dashboard. They can do a lot of the expenses. I'm watching every interaction in real time. And it's good to see. It's a good feeling. Very minimal bug report. So we know we've reached to some extent. There's much, much more to go. If you're going to compete with Concur, Concurs, I mean, you know, their feature list is through the roof, right? And so there's a long way to go ahead, but, um, but yeah, one step at a time. So w- when, you, when you go through this iteration, uh, this iterative process of release, test, get feedback, fix, release, you know, add features, the four times that you did it uh, since your very first launch, um, is there risk involved in that? Like, do you, do you run the risk of somebody, uh, you know, giving you bad reviews, somebody getting pissed off, exposing yeah. yourself to concur, those kind of things? Yeah, no, I don't think that exists anymore. Personally, I don't think that's even an issue anymore. Um, it, uh, you know, we did get negative reviews. Uh, you know, the app wouldn't work for some people, it would crash. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that very well would have happened. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, I know that. It, there's yeah. a reason. Yeah. yeah, the reason for that, we, yeah. we caught that. And so I apologize that, you know, we sent people $25 Starbucks gift cards. You know, I sent someone <laughs> a gift card the other day because they gave me a whole bunch of, essentially, they were used to using Concur. And they said, well, why don't you do this to Concur? Why don't you do this to Concur? I'm like, well, I know how Concur works, but thanks anyways. Here's a $25 gift card. Come back in January, right? And so, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And, and so uh, we just, no, I'm not, I, I was never worried. Uh, I'm still not worried. Uh, it's, just the, it's just the nature of building software, I think. Um, people are always going to compare us to other people. Uh, the way we do it is very different. So there's a different, there's a mind shift that needs to happen to some extent. Um, and also, I'm not targeting at this stage companies already using Concur. I'm targeting companies who are using spreadsheets, for example. So, right? so okay. that's your competition right now is is spreadsheets. spreadsheets. So yeah. small and yeah. medium sized enterprises, exactly. the, the small guys who, who who can't afford Concur, not yeah. only the price but the complexity, but are, yeah. are not doing a very good job. They don't have systems in place to be able to do what you exactly. do. 
exactly. And so they use spreadsheets, and I'm like, okay, well, let me kind of make the, your life better uh, for a very, very low cost, right? So, yeah. So why do you always compare yourself to Concur if you're not going after their customers? That's what we want to be, right? Okay. I mean, Concur, so Concur has got acquired, like I said, by SAP. Uh, you know, they're still around, but you know, SAP is essentially SAP now. Uh, but that's the end goal. I mean, that's the end goal. Like this Concur, KDS, these are some that of customer people. level though, like the huge enterprises. Yeah, eventually. I mean, look at I mean, again, draw parallels with Hootsuite. I mean, Hootsuite launched as a consumer-free product that yeah. would just go after you know anyone who wanted to manage Twitter, and now they're almost exclusively enterprise, you know, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 company level, right? And so, um, and so, yeah, they, they has to be the end goal of getting there. And I think that's where that's where I want to be in five years from now, perhaps, right? But today uh, today it's it's the it's a it's a SMB space which will grow and which as they grow we grow as well it's, it sounds like at some point though do you think that you'll you know the complexity or the features will outgrow the SMB space or do you always hope that you hold on to those you know the small companies as yeah, well as I mean, enterprise I hope, I hope we know we, we never get there I hope we never get to that complex I, and I, I don't think we will I mean I think there's a better way of doing Doing every expenses. I mean, I'm a product guy, I'm a front end guy, I'm a design guy, so I understand the you, you know you know use experience a bit, and so it's important to me that everything is you know if something can be done in two steps, let's try to do it in one step, right? And so that's kind of the goal of Tripio. Uh, we do a lot of stuff. We, you know, you can actually use Tripio via Google Calendar. You don't even have to log into Tripio. So that's the idea. Is that you know, let's make it that easy. Let's make it as part of your regular workflow and not have to open yet another software. I want to talk about that in a second because I, I love that that idea. Um, and I'm just going to make a note of it um, here that I'll lose in this note that I keep, that I keep adding to. But um, yeah. did you expect Concur or SAP to knock on your door and do the whole uh, G talk and say, hey, listen, hey, Adarsh. <laughs> No, <laughs> you've been doing it for a year. It's time to, for us to buy you, is it? Uh, no, I mean no. You know what? This is not Geotoko. I mean, this is not. See, you only do that. I, I believe you only do that when you have new technologies. So Geotoko at that time with the new analytics and geospace. I mean, if I was doing a crazy Bitcoin startup right now, then yes, maybe. You know, if Coinbase came knocking my door, that would be a different story because Bitcoin is one of those. You know, who knows what's going to happen, right? Um, not with Trippio. Trippio is not that industry. Trippio is not going anywhere. Uh, it's just, uh, expenses and business travel is not disappearing anywhere anytime soon. Uh, so I see the vision to make this a really big company. And so I'm in no rush and, you know, in no rush to kind of sell it and uh, over a G-chat. <laughs> you know, I was just, but when it, if it does happen and it's a good yeah. offer, man, take it, please. Take it, take it, take it. <laughs> I, I, doubt it'll be, I doubt it'll be as good of an offer as sticking with it over the next few years yeah. and doing it a bigger company. That's that's what I think it's going to be. Now, if, somebody, if, if Concur came and said, here, here's $10 billion for a one-year-old startup, now that's a different story. Okay, because I was going to say, if I hear stories, Adarsh, that you've turned down like hundreds of millions of dollars, you yeah. know, because you think you're... Yeah, I'll come over. I'll come to Vancouver and strangle you. Right? Just, <laughs> that's, that's that's a different story. Yeah, exactly. it is. Well, uh, before I ask about this whole pervasive piece that you're talking about about integrating into Google Calendar, uh, what I'm very interested in is while you were evaluating this idea, were there other ideas that you were thinking of at the time? Uh, surprisingly, no. <laughs> this was it. 
this was it. Yeah, I, I, I said, you know what? I wanted, I wanted. There was a few criteria. I wanted, a, I wanted to do a SaaS product. I was not a consumer guy. I know I can never build the next, you know, consumer app and make millions off that. That's not me. Uh, I understood the SaaS model a bit better. I, I knew from my Hootsuite experience as well. Um, you know, wanted something that was not necessarily a new industry like the Bitcoin. And even though people were talking about drones and Bitcoin, I, I didn't think that was me. I didn't. I, I know it's still not me. I th there's other people who are good at that. Um, and yeah, so you know, I wanted an industry that that clear pain point was in the SaaS, was a, had a clear revenue model. That's another big thing. I wanted to have make sure there was a revenue to it, and um, and it, and it involved travel. So this travel, you know, then the expense part came as a secondary because I realized, you know, you can't just do travel and not do expenses. Like they kind of go hand in hand, uh, and so that's kind of the idea. Um, I, mean, I really didn't think of anything else. <laughs> it was it. This was the yeah. idea. This is it. It's all do or die with this one. <laughs> this is one. I'm all into this. I'm all in. <laughs> I burned every bridge. I, I don't mean that physically. Like you know, you know, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, why do you think um, the investors jumped in so quickly? Uh, I don't know. I think it could be a multiple factors. I mean, I, I think it helped a little bit. That was a huge sweet. I think that helped. Um, that you sold your first company. That you had yeah, an exit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 Gary. I've known Gary for a very long time. I think uh, that may have helped. Uh, and the same with Ryan. Ryan. Ryan Market, the guy who introduced and made everything happen. Uh, I've known Ryan for a long time, and so it was a lot of these factors. They've just been in the industry for a while and know all these people for a while, and so when I started at the company, they just said, "Yeah, let's do it." Uh, and it was a, it was a low enough low enough raise that it wasn't even a big deal. Like it was not, you know, I mean, two hundred fifty thousand dollars for Silicon Valley investors is not. It's just a small penny to drop for them, right? And so did yeah. they say that's not enough? Did they ever they, try to convince yeah, you? They came up. So it came up with the, it went it went in hand with the valuation stuff like that. It, yeah. it didn't make any sense to kind of take more and give more uh, that early in the game. So so yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, give and take, isn't it? Because I, yeah. I, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs that are like, yeah, I'm going to go out and raise a million dollars with no revenue and no product yet. And I say, yeah. well, yeah, but then you're an employee, not an owner, right? Yeah, exactly. So you, there's a lot of variables there, right? It's not just money. I mean, nobody just gives you money without taking something back. So <laughs> they don't. To, what? To, it's, 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 it's a fine balance. But I, I, mean, it's a, I mean, I think it's a good, it's a good deal for us at this stage. Uh, you know, so, yeah. Do you think you can stay in Vancouver? I think so. Yeah. I think I think I mean we I mean at some point we may have to do something like a small satellite office maybe in the Silicon Valley or San Francisco, but I don't think we're there yet. I think we can stay in Vancouver. Yeah. AJ I mean, AJ Vaynerchuk, he's in he's in San Francisco now, isn't no, he? No, he's actually in New York. He's in New York, okay. Yeah. He's based in New York. Um, but there's no reason I mean look at look at look at Hootsuite again, right? I mean these guys, you know, they, they stuck around. They they there was no reason. They bought in, they brought in VPs from all over the world right, into right. Vancouver, yeah. uh, and so the tax benefit is great. I mean, I just we just filed our, our last year's taxes and got some refund back. So it's I mean, a lot of a lot of benefits to kind of staying here. There definitely is, and plus it's 15 degrees Celsius in the in the middle of January. Right? In, in Vancouver, while New York and Boston is uh, is uh, underground, right? buried so, under snow. Well, you know, yeah. you've got these different. Like, I, I look at Hootsuite, and I look at uh, you, you can build great companies in Canada, like Hootsuite, and in Ottawa, we've got Shopify, right? Uh, these are these are two companies that have raised over a hundred million dollars from you, pr principally U.S. based uh, investors, and um, and they managed to hold on to their Canadian roots, which I think is great. Uh, so. And I think all Canadian companies should do that. I mean, I don't. I don't think you should move to the move to the states if you. I mean, you know, I mean, if you don't have to. I mean, 
this the, the tech talent is here. Everything is really here. And and I don't. I mean, investors are having no problem investing in Canadian companies either. So in yeah. spite of what you may hear, American investors. I've never had an issue with American investors say, "Oh, you're Canadian, you're a Canadian company." Yeah. That barrier, that boundary is gone. There's no border issues now. It's it doesn't matter where you're at. That's great. Well, okay. Now I, I want to understand this this whole concept, um, this kind of uh, pervasive piece that you've got because. Uh, you, you know, did this start as a mobile app? The, was yep. the whole goal, it was just, listen, we're going to build a mobile app, and then it, it expanded into the web, and then it expanded into, uh, you know, into Google Calendar? Talk yeah. about the origin there. Yeah, so it was always an original mobile app, and it still will eventually become a full-on just mobile. We, uh, our goal is to be able to, for you to do everything on the mobile. You right. shouldn't be able to go on the web. Yeah. Um, but we, we, there were some technical challenges that needed to be on the web. So we said, okay, you know, we have to do some of the stuff on the web. And now, so we have the mobile and the web. And then we started talking to, again, like through the iterative process, started talking to more and more customers and realized that, you know, they don't even need to be able to go on the web. Most business travelers use Google Calendar for making meetings and all the assistants or whoever would do Google Calendar, uh, assuming that you have Google Calendar set up in your organization, uh, which a lot of people do. And so we said, why don't we why don't we see if we can we can integrate with that calendar piece and not really have to do anything on on Trippy at all? And so that's kind of the and so the idea evolved from you know adding expenses to just full on automation. Our goal is to be 100% auto, 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 automation, right? And so when I mean automation is that um, we do flight automation, we do uh, we do expense automation. Uh, the expense automation is is straightforward. You come to Trippy.com, you connect your business credit card or your debit card. We handle 2,000 cards all over the world, 2,000 banks. Uh, once you do that, it's a very straightforward step. Once you do that, um, as soon as you swipe your card at any any vendor, those transactions will automatically show up uh, show up in Trippio. So you don't actually have to take photos or receipts; it all show up. Uh, but what what? Uh, but that could get crazy. I mean, some people may have a lot of transactions. So what we do now is with Google Calendar. If you and I are going for coffee and or dinner, uh, I can create an event in Google Calendar, and Trippio will only now select or only now look for transactions that occur during that time period we are out for a meeting. Just awesome. So, yeah, so if you go for a three-hour dinner uh, and we spend at the end of the dinner, um, you know, it will detect, okay, this Amex transaction came through at the end of it. That is one expense. So we replicate a Google Calendar view inside our dashboard and it will show you in a view, you spend $300 for this dinner, $10 for that coffee or lunch. <clears throat> and then we took it one step further and said, if you can do that with expenses, why can't we do that with travel? And so with travel, what we do is when you create, again, open Google Calendar, uh, all you have to really do is in the in the destination, like in the place where the meeting is going to be, we give you the option to put in an airport code. You can put in LAX, SFO, JFK. Uh, we know where your hometown is because that's the setting that you would put in the dashboard. Once you do that one time, um, you know, like for example, we're going to Austin. I just paid, I open up March 13th, March 17th, pay, put AUS in there. Now, all transactions that happen in Austin on my credit card shows up. Uh, it, Tripio now emailed me a bunch of flight results for that for that date. So I get an email as soon as I do that, about half an hour later, I get an email saying, here are the top five flight from Vancouver to Austin for those dates. And so when you hit book, you just take a straight to the Canada website or whichever website it is. Uh, you can choose to have, choose how often you want to get those emails. You can get it once a week, once a day. Uh, you can keep, there's certain factors you can put in. You can only show direct flights. You can only show Canadian Airlines or American Airlines. Uh, so lots of factors. You do the setting in the dashboard and then we do the rest for you. 
and it's a one-time thing. I mean, you can spend like five minutes doing all that in the dashboard, and for the rest of the year, not worry about dealing with expenses because everything. <laughs> at the end of the trip, we send an email saying, "By the way, welcome back from Austin. Here's all your expenses. Here's all your flights and hotel details, like all the how much it costs." And all you have to do is expenses. So when you click on expenses, it creates a report for you, and you just submit it to your accountant or the CFO or you know whoever to get reimbursed, and you're done. Uh, you don't why, have. Why isn't this? Why, why doesn't this? Why hadn't this existed already? Exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, they don't want to make it because the accountants, the, the old school CFOs, say this is way too easy. Why are we making it so easy to pay pay my employees back? Right. But on the, on the flip side. It, it solved all kinds of economic problems. I mean, in spite of them saying it, people will still reimburse six months later, and then it screws up the entire, you know, accounting because this is I'm now reimbursing somebody from an account expense that happened in like last October, right? And so, it kind of helps both employees and the employers, I think, to some extent, and that's kind of the goal. You're using everything at your disposal, right? So you're using proximity yeah. and location. You're using um, context, which is the calendaring piece. And I always think that I, I you know, sat with Raj Singh, who is uh, the uh, founder of the Tempo, and yeah. uh, and asked him that question. And, and you know, by the end of the conversation with him, I looked at it and said the calendar is the operating system, right? And yeah. and it, it is exactly the encasement with which you you operate as well, which is yeah. the calendar. Yeah. One of the greatest things I, I absolutely love was this whole feature that you, you talked about very quickly, which was I put in my trips in my calendar mm -hmm. that are coming up. So yeah. I might be going to Banff, I might be going to Austin, I might be going to Toronto, I might be going to Vancouver, wherever it might be, and, yep. or San Francisco, and I put them in there, and then it goes out and Up finds the flights. Yeah, it comes to you. Yeah, exactly. And you can, you know, if it's too much for you, you can just change the settings and, you know, do whatever you want, but it comes to you. That's the whole idea. And then, as and and keeping track of expenses while you're there. That's that's an important piece it too, is. because it you is. don't want to be dealing with receipts and taking photos and all of that. It's you just you just have to know in the back of your mind the Trippio is doing all that for you, so you don't really have to worry about anything. You, you just continue with your life. So these are yeah. intelligent agents that you've created that are doing all of these things for you. Exactly. You put some intelligence in the travel. So challenges with this were there any? Or was it just like you raising money, a piece of cake, or selling your no, last company, a piece of cake? I mean, that's really why it took about a year for us to get to this official launch. I mean, there's a lot of things that we had to solve. Uh, was this the vision, though? Was was that the way that you've described it to yeah. me right now? Was it was that version one always in your mind? Yeah, yeah, that was that was what you wanted. I mean, we wanted to do automation. I mean, a lot of people compare us to the other apps out there and say, you know, well, how are you different, right? And so. Biggest thing for us was, you know, let's make it as easy as possible. Like open up two competing apps. Who should be the fastest, right? And so, um, it's it's a lot of the automation piece that I don't think anybody else is doing doing a good job out there. And we wanted to be the first to do that. So was it was it was it? It took literally a year for you guys to work through the logistics of doing well, this. It took us a year to work through the logistics. A year was just like I said, a lot of iterative process, right? And so, this this automation part came through maybe two months. Out of the year, right? Uh, but then there's other pieces of the of the whole thing that comes together. Travel piece, you know, there was a bit of challenge with travel, finding the best best solution provider, trying to find the best API. Uh, you know, do we do booking ourselves? Do we use it to third party booking? So there's a lot of things that needed to be figured out. And so these things take time, I think, especially when you're coming into a market with an incumbent that does a lot of stuff. So anybody looking at us will naturally compare us to somebody else. And so we had to have a solid enough product that. Um, that would match up to that level to some extent. Well, I've heard your website being described as the single greatest uh, <laughs> example of onboarding for a product 
that they've ever seen. So I've seen comments like this, right? When, when you go when you go to Tripio.com, it yeah. walks you through the process, right? Very simply, it's a beautiful website. It's an elegant yeah. website. Um, but it really does show the use case for this about accumulating, uh, you know, your uh, your expenses as you're as you're traveling. Mm -hmm. um, this is this is obviously you've spent a considerable amount of time trying to tell the story of Tripio, haven't mm -hmm. you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we wanted a website that uh, that really blew you know the others out of the water, right? And so I, I mean, landing pages is it's people underestimate how important they are. Uh, you know, I, I know how important they are, uh, and so we we spend the time, uh, you know, doing making sure we had a really good landing page that made sense. And to this date, I mean, look at look at look at Trippy on on Twitter. You'll see people still talking about it, yeah. right? The designers love it. Uh, they just literally <laughs> thought of it like, how the hell did you do this? This is just blow my mind away. Uh, I think we are uh, we got featured on a bunch of design award websites today. We are on one of the sites as well. Um, and yeah, the idea was, you know, um, we so it wasn't it wasn't myself who designed that that site. I collaborated with a guy named Julian. Um, Julian is the designer beside behind Mixpanel. I don't know if you heard Mixpanel. Yeah, of course, of course, yes. Mixpanel. So Julian is the lead designer there. Uh, I found him on Dribble. I said, Julian, I love your work. I, you know, I admire your stuff. Um, you know, I need your help here. Not, not need your help, but let's start talking about you know if you have the capacity to kind of handle this. And I said, let's do something like crazy. Let's just go, let's just not make another pretty website. Let's just go crazy. Let's see something that will like literally blow the socks off. And so uh, we started talking, I think, last November. Um, and it came through pretty quickly. He, he came up with an idea. Then I came up with an idea. We kind of went back and forth a bit. And, and, then, and then this was the idea. This just, this just grew out of that. You know, it was the, we started with a T. Like our logo is a circle with a T. And it was just, let's take that circle and build something around that circle because that's the life cycle of a trip. And so that was the kind of the concept behind it, and we kind of went from there. Um, and the site, you know, I'm very happy with with the end result of it. Um, yeah, it, it it certainly does its job. It's it's actually, it does its job. I mean, it's it's one of those sites that I think half your readers will love it. Uh, sorry, half your <laughs> listeners will love it, and half will hate it. It's it's got the love hate relationship, which is good because it, the people who hate it are still talking about. It. They're like, what the hell is this thing? Yeah. Right? Um, the traditional. SaaS is not a traditional SaaS website, right? And so people who are used to seeing a traditional SaaS company website were like, oh, this is like crazy. I don't understand anything. But let me just sign in and see what's going on behind this. <laughs> this is crazy. And when they signed in, they realized, okay, this makes sense. This is a very easy to use app. Everything kind of makes sense. Um, and the designers crowd, they just love it because it's like they have never seen anything like that. And they just keep spreading the word for us. So it's, uh, it's one of those interesting challenge you know it's it, it was a risk but i think it paid off <laughs> was that one of the one of the things you hoped happened because you know you've got a small amount of seed capital that's going towards the development of, of what it is yeah. that you're building uh, but there's always this piece which is the awareness making so yeah. you know you you have your contacts you have your reach um you have their reach which are your investors reach but but it's still it's so painful mm -hmm. in a very competitive space uh, you know perceived competitive space that to, to rise above the stuff that's yeah. already out there. So were you hoping that the design of the website would catch on? Did you have any hope there? How no, else have was, you been? That was, that was the 100% the whole thing. That was, that was it. Like, yeah, we, we, I mean, we knew we could build, I could build a nice looking website, but that wouldn't convert. I, I didn't think it would, it, we needed to make noise in the space, I think. Um, we wanted to make sure that the site would capture the attention. Um, you know, I mean, we launched that site, and I got a tweet from the CEO of KDS. KDS is like another big, massive 
uh, company that competes with Concur. They're like a billion-dollar company based in London. And I got a tweet from him saying, this is an amazing site. Welcome to the game, and they are looking forward to competing with you. Looking forward I mean, to crushing so, you, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's the tweet. That's an actual tweet that the CEO of KDS sent me. So I'm like, okay, you know what? It's working. Clearly, other people are looking at it. Right? And I see the analytics. I see a lot of Slack user groups that I can see so I can I can guess what company they're coming from because the Slack name shows up on the Google Analytics. So I know internally people are you talking about it. Um, and you know what? It's also getting signups. It's not just the hits. I mean we're getting hits, but we have a really good sign up list. You're I mean, converging you're converting up. well. Yeah. Yeah. You're converting really well. People want to go and see what's going on inside the inside door. And so uh, so it works. I mean, it's working. I mean, uh, it will not work forever. Eventually, they'll die, and we know that. You know, so we have another version coming up after that. But uh, for now, at this stage today, it's the perfect thing. I think. Now, are you are you getting more people from from coming from the web side, or are you getting more people coming from the mobile side signing up? Uh, do you know the difference between the two? Yeah. No. Right now, it's all web. It's all. Web. Uh, it's all web. We have another marketing piece coming out soon that we're targeting a lot of the. Uh, app websites and app review websites that will target the app. Uh, yeah. But today, it's all about. Is it easier? I, and this is a, uh, I don't know if you can answer this question. Do you think it would be easier to get more activity on the website than it is to create awareness for the app? Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah. a, it's, 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 it's a lot easier. The app is, uh, it's not easy. I mean, at least from my experience, it's not easy. And there's a lot of app review sites and writers who write about apps, that, but this, it's such a competitive space. Um, and also, it's not like a game or it's not like some yeah. new uh, craziness that it's, it's, a lot of the writers were like, well, I don't know if my, my readers are the right market for it. So I've gone through that. You know, but the web thing is different because it's much bigger. Uh, we have a lot of channels we're working with, uh, like the Google Marketplace and stuff that will review us and feature us. So there's, there's, there's a few angles we can do on the web that we cannot do on the app. It's crazy, isn't it? Because, yeah. I mean, there's billions of websites and there's, yeah. you know, three million apps. But the yeah. challenge to rise to the top in apps is, is next to impossible. Do you, yeah. do you think that you're going to spend a lot of money um, being able to create awareness for that app? Uh, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm not. That's I'm a good not, answer. Not, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not intending to. I mean, I think there's a lot of free free ways of getting the attraction. Uh, I want to obviously explore uh, all of those free versions before I even think about spending. I mean, to this day, we haven't spent a single dollar on any of the advertising we have done. Maybe five dollars in Google or Facebook because I got a free credit or something. Um, and but that took yeah. you far, right? That, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It gives me like one like. I'm like, exactly. you know, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and one like for my mom, perhaps. So <laughs> it's not even worth it there, right? It's I an important it, like, though. That is like, the most important one, right? So, yeah, I mean, I'm not looking at spending any money just yet. Uh, that comes much later at a growth stage of the company. Right now, it's all, let's see how many people we can get our, within our own networks to use it. You know, it's it's very interesting. I'd ask you how you're going to do it, but I'd like to come back and actually have a conversation about how you did it uh, later yeah. on once you've done it. Yeah. it's yeah, all speculation. But are you are you are you interested in bringing on users? Are you um, just general users? Are you interested in bringing on paid users? Does it you know what what's the split there? Do you, do you so, just want people to use the product now? Yeah, right. At this stage of the company, we yeah. just want to use the product because there's a lot of stuff that people are getting back. We get emails almost every day saying, "Oh, this is cool," or "Maybe can you do this?" or small little things like, "Oh, can you break into a tax region?" Why right? it's in my GST showing up, right? So little things like that that makes a huge difference to our customers. And so at this stage, it's just we just open it up. We have it really dead simple, so people just come in, play with it. On the flip side, we are also talking to companies with employees, so you know we know the money will come in from the from the companies who are 
going to be implementing this company wide. So I go to Hootsuite and say, you know, you have 600 employees. Why aren't you be using us, right? Um, so that's really where the money comes from, and that's kind of will take a shift, a shift in marketing at some point for that. Uh, today, it's just you know people finding us from any given site and come checking at us. How did you come up with the pricing? Four dollars per user for the enterprise. Uh, it's it's pretty much standard pricing for most uh, entry level expense management app. I mean, look at Expensify. I think it's inside of five. Uh, Tally Tally's at ten. Um, a few of the a few of the mid SMB side uh, that seems to be the entry level pricing model. Uh, we went one dollar cheaper because at the end of the day, it doesn't make any difference, <laughs> uh, and um, and we wanted to get that market share, right? And so uh, yeah, that's 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 where the I mean, and this pricing obviously is not going to stick. It's not the yeah. long pricing, but anybody who signs up today will be grandfathered into that pricing forever. So it you know even if it really changes later down the road you're still going to get the same pricing as you did today. All right. My last question. I, I, you know, Adarsh, it's been four years, man. We, we're yeah. definitely going to have to have you on, and it's going to be a shorter period of time because I'm going to watch you accelerate, and at the right moment, I'm going to have you back on <laughs> yeah, sure. because you've just launched a product. Now I'm very interested yeah. in, okay, so after after the honeymoon period is over and, mm -hmm. and, and you know, the interest subsides a little bit on the website, what mm -hmm. next? Because that's very important. Yeah. And I don't want you to speculate. I want you to tell me how you did it, so I'm going to have you back on. Sure. But awesome. right now, what, what, I mean, everybody looks at analytics. Everybody's looking at some kind of number that is very important to them at that moment. For you right now, what is your important number? Well, what is right now is all active users, right? I mean, these signups, it doesn't matter how many people come and check in. We want to see how many people come back in, right? And, you know, so there's a few things we check. Have they added their credit card? If they've added their credit card on file, then I know they're committed. They, they're gonna, they're gonna keep. They're gonna see the transaction come through. They know it is happening in the background, right? Uh, so that's that's the big thing for us. So we is there see a sequence that you that you hope happens. Like first is sign up, second is personal information, home. You know, do you? Yeah, do you have yeah. We don't. Yeah. So exactly. First is sign up. Second is actually for us credit card. That's the biggest thing we want. We push when you go to the dashboard, you will see. Like we push you for that for that piece, uh, because I, at that point you're comfortable enough with us that you're giving us your credit card. You're essentially testing us that you know you, you're going to have the transactions. And then you're gonna keep coming back because your phone's gonna ping you every time a transaction comes through or any certain level you're gonna come back. Um, and so that's the biggest thing right now. So we, we look for that we look for that piece. And and the third, if they don't have a credit card, is just how they're coming in for just adding manual expenses. Um, so we're looking very much into the active user base and not just the signups per se. Yeah. I think that yeah. that's that's a smart way to do it. I love that because I think that most companies, and if you're listening to this or watching this, you have to think about this is that what is your sequence, uh, your onboarding? So onboarding doesn't just stop when you get somebody to sign up. It's okay, so what's the next metric that will actually get them back a second and a third time? And certainly giving a credit card number, boy, that means commitment, doesn't it? It's yeah. we are we are committed, and and uh, and usually it, that is that is when things turn. And if you don't have a sequence, I mean, you can be just looking at vanity metrics, which is signups or yeah, email exactly. addresses. I mean, these are things again. You know, it like I said, like a lot of these you learn from Hootsuite. I mean, yeah. when Hootsuite had their own internal metrics, and these were some of the things. I mean, how many do they come in? Do they put a tweet or do they share with Facebook? I mean, that's important to them, right? And so. Um, yeah, it, you, you learn along the ways, and you, it's important that we have those metrics, and it's important that we, if we see a drop off, we proactively reach out and say, hey, you know, what can we do to make your life easier? Are you going to come back? So, yeah. I think it's amazing. I, you know, it's a unique space. I mean, it, I mean, it's a unique space for you. I never would have anticipated that, Darsh, <laughs> you would have gone from GeoToco into Hootsuite yeah. and then back out into into a uh, trip expense yeah. Yeah, company. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but but I think that you, you know certainly uh, the app is beautifully designed, the website is beautifully designed, the interface on the administration side is beautifully designed. Um, so uh, you, you know certainly you're under the start. I know that you just launched the product officially, version one, one of the product as we're talking about this. My hope is that I'll be able to have you back on in six months' time to be able to see where things are going and and yeah. uh, what has changed for you at that point and uh, how many millions and millions and millions of dollars you're sh you're shelling out in sure. Facebook ads and Google ads and uh, Twitter ads to get people to download. Yeah. Your app is that is yeah. that cool? Can we do that? That, that that's cool. That's very cool. That's yeah. cool. Hopefully you're not doing that. Send me a calendar invite, and I'll and, and I'll. Right. You'll I'll expense me. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Vegas or something. Expense that trip. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm, I'm going to come and see you because I got to get up to Vancouver. Uh, I'll be out in Vancouver uh, in the spring. I'm speaking at a bunch of events, so I'm going to come nice. down and visit with you. Okay, and, yeah, definitely, definitely. And maybe that's what we'll do. I'll do it live at that point. Yeah, you totally should. <laughs> Where should we send people now? Just to uh, trippio.com. Trippio.com. Yeah. T-R-I-P-P-E-O.com. Uh, you can also download the application. iOS only, Android, you know. Soon. I, uh, soon. soon. Yeah. We're actively working on it soon. Actively working on it? Um, it should be up soon. That's good. That's good. And uh, you know what? Uh, it's, it's the, the work has begun. Let's leave it like that. The work has begun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, will you be able to, do you think you'll be able to replicate the interface or the experience on Android that, that you have on iOS? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We have a very dead simple iOS app. I mean, potentially, I don't know if you remember, but we had a really beautiful, complicated iOS app in July of last year. Yes. And then we got the feedback and we stripped it all off. We said, you know what? That is, while it looks pretty, it's not practical for a lot of the business users. And so we, we simplified it. Like the one you see right now, it's so dead fast. Like it, it is amazingly fast and it, and it does the job. And so. That's what you've definitely, done. Definitely can be duplicated in the end as well. Well, now you're probably intrigued. Go and download it. Uh, head to trippio.com. Take a look at the website and then go and download the application uh, on iOS and Android coming soon. Um, and then let me know and let Adarsh know what you think of this because I think it's very important that he gets the feedback, that I get the feedback. And I will have him back on to talk about what happened in the, in the, in the six months from now, what's going on with, uh, with Trippio. Adarsh, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much, Rob. I really appreciate it. You Canadian. A Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> out in Vancouver. We've been sp speaking with Adarsh Palian, who is the uh, co-founder of a company called Tripio. Go to tripio.com, tripio.com, download the app, check out the website, register, and uh, I'd love your feedback on this. If you are listening to this right now, I really appreciate it. Thank you for making it through this entire episode. Thank you, and we will see you next time on Untether.tv. Thanks, Adarsh. Thanks, Rob. See you guys.